What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 33 of the podcast. Hope you guys are doing well today. Um, but before we get into today's episode, we got to do our few things we always do. Got to plug bmsglass.com. We have lots of new stuff dropping on there all the time. If you guys want to support the podcast or Bear Mountain Studios, going to bmsglass.com is the best way to do it. Uh, hopefully, we'll have glass on there soon. I know it's just uh, merch right now and not actual functional pipes, but pretty soon I think we'll be set up to do that. Uh, well, today is Sunday. That's the Sunday sale, October 11th. Um, so hopefully we dropped this in the morning, but if not, no biggie. But the Sunday sale is happening today. Won't be a bunch of pieces. Probably only going to be less than 10. Um, like I said, there's going to be a few small Sunday sales. Like these small Sunday sales are just like what we're doing right now in between while we're in this transition period of we're doing a bunch of stuff with our company to upgrade things, change things. And um, yeah, that's what we're doing. Um, but besides that, oh, one more thing. We got the tie-dye pre-sales and they're getting wrapped up to be shipped out. So by the time this episode drops, they might have already been shipped. Mm-hmm. On today's episode, we're going to do something a little different. Obviously, we're going to rant. We're going to talk about life and stuff. But I also want to talk about like glass history or the history of glass and glass blowing. Um, uh, the last couple days, I've been watching a lot of documentaries and listening to some really interesting TED Talks and podcasts all about glass and ancient glass blowing and early glass work. So uh, I figured let's do an episode. We'll just talk about some shit and it'll probably lead on tangents and, you know, who knows, like we always do. But um, do a little weekly catch up before we get into all that and just enjoy this joint. Get good and stoned before we try to talk about history I, lo- I know very little about. So yeah, my wife's family, well, her one cousin came into town this weekend to uh, meet the baby for the first time. And that was fun. They were only here for like, you know, one day basically because they were just like passing through on their travels or out west because they're like, they're going camping or something up in Glacier Park or whatever. So they were like stopping by our place for a little bit just to visit. So we haven't seen my wife's cousin in like six or seven years and she's never met our baby. So they stopped by and we did breakfast and shit. Went to Denver Biscuit Company. Don't know if you guys have ever been there. There's locations up in Denver and one down in Colorado Springs now. But Denver Biscuit Company is fucking awesome. Get those biscuits and gravy at the boarded. But we took them hiking and we... uh Went up to this trail we've never been to before. It's called Seven Bridges. It's up in uh, Cheyenne Mountain. And we've hiked up there a bunch, but we've actually never found the Seven Bridges Trail. But this time we're actually able to locate it because um, Cormac kind of showed it where it, showed us where it was on the map. And uh, we brought him up there. But that uh, that Seven Bridges place is like famous because like, I don't know if Seven Bridges specifically is famous for this, but that same trail or that same area back in like 1987 there was a school bus coming back from Cripple Creek on from back from a field trip, and they went through one of the tunnels up there on Gold Camp Road, and the tunnel collapsed on the school bus, killing all the kids and the bus driver and everyone inside the bus. And that happened in 1987, so it's supposedly like super haunted and shit up there. I don't know. Um, I haven't experienced any of the haunting yet, but it's it's pretty well known. Looked up some shit on the internet after we went up there, and it seems like it's a pretty well known haunted place. But we went on this hike up seven bridges and it leads to like some big waterfall at the top. And we brought my two-year-old and she decided she didn't want to walk any of the time. So I carried a two-year-old all the way up the mountain and all the way back down. And this is like a three hour, you know, maybe three and a half hour hike. Like if you go the whole way and it's like intense, it's not easy. 
I wore my old ripped up Vans. I've wore the wrong pants. I wore pants that don't have any elastic in them and I've been losing a lot of weight lately so my pants just don't fit me. So my pants were falling down. They weren't stretchy. It was a fucking mess and I carried the two, this two-year-old the whole way. I almost died. And then when we got home later that night, everyone was like chilling, eating dinner and like relaxing and talking about the hike. And they started, and when I started hearing people talk about the hike, I started getting anxiety and almost threw up because I didn't, I was so stressed out just hearing about it again. I'm scarred from that fucking hike. Next time I do it, I'm not carrying the baby. It's not happening. And then I thought about what if I had two kids and I started getting like really stressed out. What would it be like carrying two of them? And my wife was like, I'd carry the lighter one. And I'm like, sure you would. Um, all right. But it was fun seeing family, chilling, actually getting outside and going for a hike. We don't, we haven't done much of anything since the pandemic. And also too, back in October, my wife really hurt her ankle. She got like a upper leg sprain or whatever. So she's been like, she hasn't been able to hike in almost a year. So uh, it was cool to get out there and just do some shit. So overall, it was a pretty good week. Um, Grizzly Bear, my cat, is doing a lot better. I know last episode I said he was not doing good, but he is a fighter. He's a warrior because he is my spirit animal. He doesn't quit. Um, he's on the up and up right now. They are like we, they don't even understand how he's doing better because all the things going on. But um, yeah, me and Grizzly Bear, we just believed, and now he's feeling better, which is really fucking cool. I needed that because it was just. You know, the things sometimes pile up on you throughout the week. It's like, you know, as one thing happens and it gets worse and worse and like even the littlest things will pile up on you like, you know, not making that fucking green light and you're fucking angry and it's just like everything's getting you wound up. So having that good news kind of got me out of that little funk I was in where I was just feeling like a negative Nancy. And uh, yeah, I wasn't even going on fucking Twitch for like I didn't go on Twitch for like four or five days. And um I feel bad because I have an awesome Twitch community. We all hang out and sesh every night. If you ever guys want to join us, it's Bear Mountain Studios on Twitch. Um, but I just wasn't feeling myself, so I didn't want to be like just chilling on there and bringing down the vibe. I mean, I, of course, I could have just thrown the camera on and worked and not talked to anyone, but that's not me. I like talking to you guys, communicating, and hanging out. But yeah, it was fucking cool seeing family. Some normalcy, right? In a very unnormal year. Well, you guys know about like the Bronze Age and the Iron Age. What about the Glass Age? Because I think that that is where we're at currently. This is the Glass Age. Not just because I'm a pipe maker and I'm just immersed in the world of pipe making and glass art and all that stuff. So obviously it's the Glass Age for me. But... I mean, I couldn't see us living in a world without glass. All the things we use it for, all the things it's important for. I mean, we've been, glass has been part of like human society and culture for over 5,000 years. I mean, I'm pretty sure the earliest recorded glass is in Mesopotamia. At least it would, they see it spreading out from Mesopotamia. There could have been glass way before that. There could have been glass in Turkey and Gobekli Tepe, 11,000 BC. We don't know. We haven't found, I don't think they found glass. I think they just find pottery there. But regardless, like, the oldest recorded glass we we see is like 3000 BC like spreading out from Mesopotamia. And um but that that type of glass that we were seeing there, they were actually like taking molten glass and wrapping it around molds. They weren't like blowing glass. I believe that the first people to blow glass and actually do that was the Phoenicians. 
Um, there might have been someone before them, but I'm pretty sure the Phoenicians are the ones that really refined the techniques and made blowing glass like what it essentially is today. And no one really knows who first discovered like, you know, glass or whatever. Obviously, you can find natural glass in the world. I actually have some here I was going to put on the table because in upstate New York where I'm from, uh, one, there was like a big storm once and uh, a telephone line got, or like a power line got blown down and it hit some wet sand and like a snowbank and turned this whole section of this field into glass. And um, everyone dug up big chunks of this black green glass that, you know, cause glass is silica, it's made from sand essentially. Like the main ingredient in glass and the main ingredient in beach sand is silica. I mean, that's essentially what it is, but I don't think anyone really knows the exact story of who first discovered glass, but it's like our first like artificial thing we made. We like combined things to create this thing, this synthetic substance that can go from liquid to solid and it can hold things. It's a vessel like it's, but one of the first stories is at least what some, you know, historians will say is like the Phoenicians. The stories that the Romans would say is the Phoenicians uh, landed on a beach and they prepared to cook their lunch. And when they were cooking their food, their fire got so hot and then it collapsed. And then next to their fire, the ground turned liquid and started pouring towards the ocean. So basically like the sand next to them got hot enough to melt. And go. That's probably not real. Um, but that's the story that the Romans would say that, you know, that's where glass come from the Phoenicians. But they find glass man. Just hold on, my dog's digging. Sweetie, you're not going to get anywhere by digging. I'll bet you just lay down. Um, but before the Phoenicians, I mean, the Egyptians, the Mesopotamians, they were all using glass. I mean, in Egypt, they have these massive, like, you know, and, and at the Giza Plateau, they have these huge slabs. They, they look like quartz, but they're actually like glass. They're these huge, like, slabs of glass that were like some sort of old floor to some sort of temple or whatever. We can only speculate, you know what I mean? So, but it's just interesting to see glass everywhere. Like, one of the first, like, um, glass, like, manuals, like, how to do stuff, like, how to work glass or, like, formulas for glass, like, the alchemy behind it, like, what chemicals, what things do you mix together to create certain glass? The first one of the manuals, the oldest one we found is from 650 BC. I mean, that's what, 2,600 years ago? I mean, that's an old manual. I mean, people have been fucking with glass forever. It's, I mean, glass, even in the last 150 years, like more advancements than ever has happened with glass. I mean, you see, like I said, you see the bronze and like you see the iron age, but glass was developing side by side with those things and it was just kind of there but nowadays glass i think this might be the glass age just because all the everything we do with microscopes to telescopes being able to see different dimensions literally like when you take a microscope and you zoom in on something that you couldn't possibly see with your naked eye we just got that's like essentially having a window to another dimension you can call it something scientific like oh it's like a magnifying glass and it magnifies the light and you can see this and that or you can just smoke weed and be like bro it's a window to another dimension because that's what glass does glass creates these windows where we see into other dimensions whether it be a flat plane and we just look through a window that goes out into our yard or we look through a microscope that zooms in on a whole microscopic world or we look through a telescope and see distant galaxies it doesn't matter glass 
is the it's it's one of the ways that we see into these different dimensions just like a psychedelic i don't even know glass i'm obsessed with it ever since i was a little kid and talking about like telescopes and all that stuff glass is fundamental to the scientific like revolution and the development of like science i mean they wouldn't have been able to do it without glass without all the microscopes without all the vials and the beakers and the different um, vessels to to mix things in to see what sort of reaction happens it's incredible and nowadays you got guys like me who just are obsessed with making glass to get high through all that work people did for thousands of years and this is where it's at me just making pipes and getting high through them but <clears throat> what i will say is though pipes in a hundred years if people are still even making them by hand who fucking knows but it probably won't even be borosilicate glass is getting so crazy there's glass out there nowadays that's like unbreakable like this stuff that's called like willow glass it's like this super flexible glass it's like what they put on iphones whereas like you drop it and like the metal behind it will dent but the glass won't break so who knows what glass pipes and shit will be like in the future once we have access or different ways of working these materials and you have different types of glass right now we use borosilicate but who knows what it's going to be in the future because glass is always developing and changing it's not done yet just like the pipe game i said it before but if we thought we made the best pipe already if it was already invented we would we wouldn't be making pipes right now we wouldn't keep pursuing it but we know that there's always more out there can always be better can always go farther yeah fucking glass is crazy we also live at a really crazy time for glass too because never has glass knowledge been so available and open glass knowledge used to be like freemason shit like glass knowledge used to be passed down between glass families and that's it their knowledge didn't go outside those families. Only they knew how to work. They, only they knew the formulas to make certain transparencies of certain colors of glass and to work it in a certain way. We live in a time now where you have people like me and, all, and other people out there posting videos constantly of them blowing glass, talking about techniques, showing stuff. It's all available. What's that mean for the development of glass? Does that mean that it's going to have an exponential rate of you know, progression? Is it going to go farther because there's so much influence now, so many people giving their input because the doors have been opened? Or is that just my perspective because I make pipes and that's what it's like in my industry? Is there not enough of us going into the industries of like corning where they develop things for, you know, the fucking space station and medical equipment and all the way down to insulation for homes? Glass is a crazy substance. It's a crazy material created from fire, and earth and then manipulated with our hands in the air with gravity and, and breath there's nothing more primal than fucking blowing glass there probably is something more primal but I'm just trying to make a point and be passionate about it there's some good weed mm-hmm right, some good weed Giabo got this from a cut above down here in Colorado Springs Poem. But I'm feeling good this morning. Feeling real good. <clears throat> yeah, but unbreakable glass. Could you guys imagine if they developed that for glass blowers and flame workers eventually, where they have these this glass that we could use that once it's made and finished, it's literally unbreakable. 
that'd be so cool from um a business standpoint maybe it wouldn't be great because it's like maybe like business people want people to break their pieces so they can sell more glass to them but like me it's like how cool would it be is like everything you ever made just didn't break because i look at it more of like a philosophical sense like what if they have that glass available for people to actually make functional art with that means these pieces could be around for thousands of years that means if some great cataclysm happens to our planet and our species gets knocked back a thousand years or two thousand years and we have to rebuild and restart as the sediment settles over our cities and all these pieces and pipes are buried if they're made with this unbreakable glass someday they'll be dug up and found and there'll be artifacts it's just i don't know i romanticize a lot of this stuff but i'm just as a human you know i think that like people over like since we've been around have always tried to find immortality or find a way to make their name never die it's a futile it's a futile battle to like just go after that because it's it's almost impossible unless you choose to do something horrific because some of the greatest names we remember have done some of the most horrific acts to humans the greatest people are almost never remembered and that's what I'm like you know like a lot of these like if like me like I want to be do something that's I can be proud of that leaves a little legacy for my family but I'm just a pipe maker I'm nobody I'm not doing anything that's benefiting our species I'm just making pipes and trying to have a good life experience and share function with people but I think that no matter what you're doing, as long as you do it like that, maybe that is benefiting people. As long as you're just trying to do it your best and you love what you're doing and you're being positive and trying to have a good life experience yourself, that in turn will overflow into the other people around you or the people who engage with you and maybe make their life experience a little better. I don't know. Uh, my joint keeps going out because I keep fucking just chatting, guys. This is like early episodes when I would just smoke joints and talk for a while. Um, I only got two dabs though in my jar here, maybe three. So I'm trying to like, you know, hold out till a little later for the dabs. That way I have enough of them for this episode. So we got to take a couple dabs. So we got a new piece here on the table. But, but yeah, I think that's so cool to how glass blowing all the knowledge was passed down between families back in the day. That's so interesting. I couldn't, I, I mean like where are those families now? Do they still have knowledge that we don't know about? Are there still glass families that have recipes for colors that maybe they don't even realize what they have? Like there might be in some attic in some little home in Italy or something, there might be a formula in an old book that this family's had for two, three hundred years and they're at, like passed down. And they none of them are glass blowers anymore, but they used to be a glass family. And maybe they have formulas for colors and techniques and things that we have to rediscover now. It's just like, you know, if everyone that knew how to make cell phones right now died and then we had to rebuild cell phones, I couldn't make a cell phone. We'd have to wait, you know, what, another few thousand years for people to re-figure out how to make a cell phone, for people to redevelop it. Maybe it's the same thing for some of these glass techniques. Maybe there's techniques out there from 2,000 years ago that we don't even, we can't even do now. And those formulas are still somewhere hidden, locked up. And just forgotten about. Yeah. That's the one thing that's like probably, I would say that like is really important about connecting with your family and talking and knowing family history. 
is so that you don't lose the achievements that people before you have found. It's like we have to tell our stories to our family so that, hey, don't forget that, you know, this person did this. Make sure this knowledge keeps going on. It's word of mouth. As much as everything's digital and on computers nowadays, not everything is recorded on a computer digitally. There's a lot of information in this world that you only have access to by knowing someone that knows these stories or talks to them. That's the same thing that goes for almost all history, though. That's why history is so interesting. It's most history that's recorded. It has some sort of like bias or it's like, you know, it's like, oh, that's just the book that made it through the last thousand years. Like when you see books that are 500 years old or a thousand years old or like stories that are written down, they've been written down for a thousand years. That's just the story that made it through time. There was a thousand stories before that one that didn't make it because it didn't fit someone's narrative. It didn't fit the person's in power, his and hers narrative that they wanted to control people. If that story didn't fit, it was burned and destroyed. So just like that, maybe glass knowledge has been burned and destroyed. Maybe the Library of Alexandria had incredible knowledge about glass and things like that. Like they found, they find these massive glass slabs and tombs and stuff like nine ton slabs of glass all over like uh, the Middle East and Egypt and stuff. And they're like, how are these people making these huge slabs of glass? They would have needed so much heat, such a large furnace. Like these, these, these pieces of glass are bigger than a, a truck. Like they're nine tons are huge. How are they making these huge slabs of glass and what were they making them for? That's one thing I was like, man, if I could like have like one wish, I think I would just want to know like the real history of our planet. What really happened here? What really happened on earth? Because I feel like, I feel like everything that we think that happened here, like I just said a minute ago, is just the stories that we've been, you know, the stories that made it through time that weren't deleted or erased or burned. Because I feel like a lot of the truth out there probably we don't even have access to it because it's been lost over the thousands of years of people just going to war and then they don't agree with that guy. So they burned down his temple, but his temple had all this knowledge. That's kind of something you'll see maybe in our current culture is people fight and burn down cities or do whatever they're going to do within these cities are people, people with knowledge and there's technology there. And if that technology gets destroyed and only a small group of people knew how to make that technology, then it's hurting our species overall. The egos of man will do, is, is the biggest thing that will stop us from progressing as a species. I feel like it's Elon Musk's biggest worry. Like I've heard him say before in interviews, being like, well, we could definitely go to Mars and do all these things, but uh, as long as people can keep it together, the only thing that's going to stop our progression is people, you know, our social lives or, you know, our fighting, or that's the only thing that's going to stop our species from progressing to a place of like infinite peace and whatever we're going towards. I wonder what drives us as humans so much to achieve these things that aren't natural or human. To want immortality, to want to be, to live longer, to want to be around longer, to want all these things that aren't natural. But I guess that's what makes us human and not, I mean, we're animals, but we're something else too. Because we're aware of our own demise. We know it's all temporary. Even when you're younger and you feel like you're invincible and going to live forever, in the back of your head, you know 
it is temporary. But I don't think it sets in for most people till their mid-40s, and that's when they have that midlife crisis. We're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to die. I'm halfway through this shit. How'd we get here? Flow. I used to draw udders on everything. Um, you know kids in uh, school that used to draw just dicks on everything in school? You, they just draw a dick on the wall, or they draw it on a test, or they'd, they just draw it places. I'd draw udders on everything. When I went to Catholic school, because I went to a school where I had to wear like the whole uniform and all that shit, I'd just draw udders on everything, and the teachers had to have talked to my parents. I think they were concerned why I was drawing udders on everything. But I like cows. I thought they were dope. I also thought udders were super funny. Anytime I put an udder on something, I start laughing. Um, and a couple of my friends thought it was funny too. So there was no like uh, evil intent. I wasn't trying to upset anyone, but I like drawing udders on shit. How about you guys? Yeah, it was weird going to a Catholic school. I'll tell you what though. Like I went to uh, public school at first from like kindergarten to third grade. But uh, in third grade, I got a little something called cat scratch fever. And uh, I know I don't know if you guys have ever heard the song Cat Scratch Fever, but that's a real sickness. I got cat scratch fever, and I might have talked about it on here. I probably have talked about it on the podcast, but fuck it, we're thirty something episodes. We'll do we'll cover it again. I got cat scratch fever, and I was in the hospital for like nine months out of the year. It was a real mess. They thought I had uh, leukemia. They thought I had some sort of like blood cancer because all my lymph nodes were swollen. I was a fucking mess. And then my dad ended up calling one of his friends in Ohio and telling him the symptoms, and he had diagnosed me over the phone. And after nine months of being sick, they finally gave me an antibiotic that would work for this type of sickness, which is a bacteria that outdoor cats get on their claws, and then they scratch you, and you get cat scratch fever. It's a real thing. It's crazy. I can't even believe I got cat scratch fever. When I hear the song come on, I get anxiety. That's not true. I don't really care at all. But I did miss all of third grade. So instead of going back to public school... Um, my parents sent me to a Catholic school that was supposed to be better and it was like closer to my mom's work. And I think they were hoping that it would just give me a little bit better of uh, education because the public school I was in was a mess. Um, it was not a good school. Luna. Oh my God. My dog farted. I'll throw up. Uh, I don't even know where to go. I just have to sit in it. I'm just going to sit in it. Nope. Um, yeah, but. Catholic school was weird though, man. I'll tell you what. I went there from third grade to sixth grade. And then after sixth grade, I had a choice to go to a Catholic high school. And I was like, nah, send me back to public school, which was dope. So I went from public school to Catholic school back to public school. But when I was in Catholic school from third grade to sixth grade, man, my first year there, like I knew all the swear words. Like these Catholic school kids didn't know any bad words. Like I came from public school, so I knew like words like dildo and stuff. Yeah, I fucking told him all the bad words, and I was a cool kid for that. It, like, made me popular. It was funny. The, my first day in school, this kid walks up to me, and he's, he, he, like, looks at me. He's like, I'll never be your friend. And I was like, okay. Two weeks later, I was at his birthday party. We became best friends. I was like, challenge accepted. We're going to be best friends. Yeah, growing up strange. Where's, let me take some dabs. Yeah, we're about a half hour in, so let's, let's take a dab, and we'll... Uh, that was a fun rant about glass, though. I love learning about that kind of stuff. History, I mean, I grew up with a dad. I mean, if you guys have watched, there's episodes with my dad. You can go back if you watch a couple of them. We just go off. He talks about tons of like, history stuff. He knows way too much shit. So I grew up with that. So um, I think that's why I'm so into it. 
and I love the idea of history because as a kid, as a kid, I was so obsessed with like fantasy stuff. Like I played tons of Warhammer and painted models. I was obsessed with fucking uh, Lord of the Rings and just like all sorts of like fantasy stuff. I loved the idea of like these fantasy worlds that weren't, you know, real. And then as I've gotten older and I've learned about history, I'm like, oh my God, there's fantasy worlds out there that existed that we've never known about, maybe never heard about. The history's been lost. A cataclysm happened and wiped them out. I mean, we've had multiple supercontinents on this planet. I mean, just the most recent one was Pangea, but before Pangea, there was like, I think, five or six other supercontinents they know of, and that's when all the tectonic plates come together and create one giant landmass, whereas right now we have all the landmasses are pretty separated. They eventually come back into one big thing and go back out, almost like in and out like that. So who's to say if on the last giant landmass, Pangea, there wasn't, you know, super intelligent humans running around or some other sort of species running around and they had stories and all these sort of mythology and their technology. And then over millions of years, they get wiped out. The continents pull apart. Everything gets flipped and readjusted. They come back. A new species pops up and it starts over again. The never ending cycle of our planet. I wonder if people just get to a point where they're intelligent enough to realize that like, hey, like we can travel into space, but all of their intelligent life is so far away that unless we figure out a time to like, you know, if we figure out a way to like travel through time or like, you know, jump through space, there's, there's no way with that we're just going to be flying around out there and meeting intelligent species. Because literally like, I feel like there is intelligent life out there, but they're living in different times. Like even right now, like when we look through a telescope and you see the Andromeda galaxy, you're seeing what it looked like a million years ago. You're not seeing what it looks like right now. Do you know how different our planet looked a million years ago? So if someone on another planet's looking at our solar system and they see our little planet, they might see be seeing it from 200,000 years in the past when Homo sapiens maybe aren't even running around yet. They're not going to see our cities. They're not going to look through a telescope and see New York City glowing. That's just not how it works. We live in different times. So if there is intelligent life out there, they might be living in a different time or everyone's living at the same time simultaneously, which is another thing. I wish I knew what I was talking about because I bet I would uh, have a lot more input. I need a torch. Uh, do you see it up there, dude? Is up on that, uh, that deal? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's on the floor. I got it. I did have it over here. Well, hope you guys are doing good today. Just listening to me ran about nothing. I know we should probably talk about like glass pipes. I, we did talk about glass a lot in the beginning though. I'm going to try and do more of the glass talk in the beginning and save all the life shit for more later on in the podcast for the real hardcore fans. If they make it that far. Um, but we'll try and start doing uh, more of that. And like a lot of this stuff I'm talking about too. Like I want to work into like segments on the podcast. Um, that way when we're doing the podcast each week, you kind of know what we're getting into. If you like a specific segment, maybe you just fast forward to that. And also, too, when we're reposting stuff to IGTV, we can do just segments of the podcast so that, you know, maybe we can just cut it down and show people, like, the cliff notes of that episode. Because not everyone wants to watch an hour of some guy smoking weed and talking, you know what I mean? But we might have some really good information in these podcasts that I really want to share with people. So, um, that's how we're going to do it. We're learning. We're getting it formatted. This piece right here is our new favorite blue color. Is a mix of blue slime and blue dream. Um, I think we're gonna call it blue raz. It's like moonstone, but with like a. Let me grab a moonstone one. Hold on. I got one over here. 
So it's like Moonstone, but more like of a royal darker blue. So Moonstone is like that really like sky blue with white, super transparent. But this is like that like royal like Moonstone. I don't even know how to explain it besides saying that, but it's a really, really pretty color. Turbo meter. Episode 33. 33 is a wild number. I don't know if you guys are into numbers or symbolism, but 33 is a pretty pretty wild one. Um, I should have prepared more to talk about it, but it's um, I think it's like one of the, like the holy numbers in some religions. It's like the number of the beast, but. I think it's just one of those numbers that cultures throughout the millennia have used mathematically to explain things. Um, but I don't know. Just like 72. 72 is a really big number in like religions and stuff too. I'm just trying to get the temper. I'm trying to kill some time while we're trying to get this temp. I'm talking about shit that I know very little about. And we're just waiting for the temp to be right. And we're at 5.15 and it's too hot. We have to keep waiting. Okay, let's scoop a dab out. We still have things to do. Okay, this piece shreds though. This is going to my dude Anthony. He's a big supporter. He's, um, I mean, he's like reached out to try and take care of us with like all of our internet stuff too, like streaming, because I've had a lot of issues with streaming here in the beginning, but things are getting better. So shout out to Anthony. Thanks for the support, dude, and being super patient. This piece took a couple tries. The first prep I made, I didn't like how it wasn't transparent enough. And then we made this new prep that's super awesome. Um, see if my spinner cap works. I dropped it the other day and broke one of the noodles off. So it really only has one noodle right now. So we'll see how she goes. Hopefully she still spins. This thing's a ripper. It's... it's got like this like, <coughs> feels like it's moving <coughs> more water <coughs> than a normal <coughs> 10 mil double diffused. I don't know what it is. <coughs> wow. I love the way the function looks on these ones where the drain kicks to the side. Just a fun little water feature, you know? Man, with some of the colors that we're starting to come up with and like we're blending together, like we're getting really close to like, I think Bear Mountain Studios having its own like, like color, like format, like our own like specific colors we use that people like will know us for. Um, okay, show the other side. Yeah, we'll do a little spin around here. I'll do a little slow spin. I'll pull on this when it's facing the other way too and show you guys this more. I know, I'm just getting high over here and not even showing off the hard work I put into this fucking glass. That's where a lot of people get confused about my podcast. They're like, I'll check out his podcast. And they're like, he didn't talk about glass at all. He just kind of like got high for an hour and talked about nothing. And I'm like, that's it. That's the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. 
but that's what I do and I enjoy it. So I just try to do what I like. I like making these pipes. So I make them, I like talking about nothing and getting high. So I do that and I'll film it and share it with you guys. Do what you like, do what you think you're good at. I don't know if I'm good at either of these things, but I really make an effort. Um, let me pull on this on this side to show off the, uh, this function. This one has like the perfect speed drain. Sometimes they're extra quick, sometimes they're a little slow. This one for me, I would say is the perfect speed. It's quick, but it still has enough lag where you sit back and you watch it go down. But quick enough that it's spinning and aggressive the whole time you're pulling on it. It's probably one of the hardest things with recyclers is getting them to vortex while you're hitting it, not just when you stop hitting it. Because I'm pretty sure we've all owned recyclers that we've pulled on and then when you stop hitting it, that's when it really spins hard. Um, but that's probably one of the hardest things with recyclers, just getting that water flow balance. Takes time. Takes a lot of prototyping, which sometimes can deter you, make you not feel motivated to keep pursuing the recycler designs because they, uh, man, they suck. Because you'll fuck them. They'll, you'll make a perfect looking recycler and then it doesn't work. And you're like, well, fuck that. It was a waste of material. It's like days of work. I feel like that's how most people feel. They start making recyclers. Like this is silly, but I love making recyclers. That's my favorite thing. I love just fucking making water spin and like controlling the water, being like a little water bender, you know, telling it where to go, making it spin, making it do tricks for you while you get high through it. I'm just gonna keep doing that until I'm not interested in that anymore, which I don't see happening. I'm stoked. I feel so lucky that I found something that I love and that I can pursue in my life, and I found it in an age where I can pursue it being young. Some people don't find what they love until they're in their 50s, you know what I mean? Which is fine too, but, you know, it's, I think that they would even tell you they wish they would have found this, you know, when they were younger. I feel so lucky I found this when I was 23 years old, 22 years old. It's, uh, I don't know, it's like the greatest gift, I guess, to be able to find something to pursue. As humans, it's what we need. Humans, we need to stay busy. We need to have a task. We need to, at least this is my philosophy on it, that we just need to have things that we do to keep us focused on something because we have this curse of knowledge that if we just sit there and overthink everything, we think too much. We can get trapped in this like vortex of negative thoughts or anxiety. And that's one of the things where people say like ignorance is bliss. It really is. Because... If you're ignorant to everything going on around you, you're probably just having a great day. If you're too aware of everything around you, it's hard to have a good day. So as humans, I think we need to find things that we're good at. I think it's the little, it's the little, um, set little goals. Like, you know how people set big goals? Like, they're like, I want to be this someday. Well, like I was reading a thing that they were saying, reading, I don't read anything. I was listening to a thing and they were saying that uh, studies find that people are a lot happier when they have like a lot of little goals they're they're achieving consistently even throughout the week rather than having one large goal they're pursuing because once they get the large goal rarely do they feel better they just feel like fuck it's like wasn't enough onto the next thing whereas if you have a lot of little goals and you're constantly achieving things and getting things done mentally you're feeding that side of your ego and human side that keeps you a little bit more sane and feeling gratified <clears throat> That 
that knowledge though, that right there, being aware, like how to feed your human side to keep it like moving forward and not getting trapped in the vortex of anxiety and negative thoughts is like one of the things is like, you wouldn't even think about all that. If you were ignorant, you would just be like, Oh fuck dude. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know. I could be ignorant too. I probably am. I can't even talk right. But I do think that there's sometimes I wish that I didn't overthink things so much, but I'm grateful that I have something that keeps me so busy and so focused that I don't let my brain go crazy and get distracted by all the stuff going on that I have no control over. Because there's no reason to get freaked out about stuff you have no control over. It is what it is. But that's easier said than done because we're all human, right? Wow. Okay, well, let's get um, another dab on this. I want to go a little warmer on this one. That one was kind of low. And uh, I think it's my last dab of my hash. I got to get some more today. Actually, the homie's getting fresh terps tomorrow. So I'm probably just going to wait tomorrow and support the homie instead of going to a dispo. Um, <clears throat> I'll just smoke flour tonight. Because I'm, cause I'm excited. This is like their first time getting all single sore. So got to support the friends. Scoop some shit. Oh, this is just going to be one good big one. This is perfect. It's a big dab, which is like, it's too small for just two small. It's not enough for two small dabs, but it's enough for one big dab. Yeah, this Sunday sale, though, um, we're going to have some cool fades. We have some new satin colors we've made. We're making all sorts of crazy colors. It's getting wild. I've been slouching really bad this episode. I can't wait to see what it looks like. <coughs> Okay. Let that chill for a minute. Still got to warm all this up. So we got a couple minutes before the dab even happens. So you guys can fast forward if that's all you're interested in seeing. But we're living in the glass age. We're living in history. We learned about people who lived in the Bronze Age, the Iron Age. We're living in the glass age. I do believe that. All right, let's heat up this now. So I want to thank all you guys again, if you've made it this far, all you guys who support the What's Up Everybody podcast, who support Bear Mountain Studios, who hang out my Twitch lives. Um, all you guys that just come and let me know, like, you know, how you're feeling and just I really appreciate you because my little dream I have here it's uh, not possible without all you guys that have been supporting. And it's crazy. Since 2016, I started putting my face on Instagram in 2016. My first, like, two years on Instagram, it was just glass. So I only showed glass. I never talked. I never posted anything like that. It was just pipes. And I got a good following from just pipes. But then once I turned that camera around and I started talking to you guys, everything changed. You know, it's like, you, it's just the love and support just became uh, overwhelming. And I'm excited to keep growing this little community we have, keep growing our Twitch community, and just, um, you know, just a place for all of us to talk, chill, smoke. Essentially what this podcast is to me is like when you just go over to your friend's house and you guys get high and talk about nothing. You know, you're just thinking about shit and talking about it. That's essentially what this is. Um, this is what it would be like if you guys literally came to my studio and sat with me, though. This is what would happen. I talk way too much. Anyone that's ever met me in person, they'll, they'll be like, yeah, he just kept talking. And it's, um, it's a blessing and a curse sometimes, you know, but we all have our personalities. I'm not going to fight it. 
I'm going to just uh, embrace it. That's the word. Man, sometimes I'm proud of myself on here that I find the words to say because, holy cow, there's days when I just can't even find the words. They say you're supposed to replace these tips on the turbo meters, but I haven't replaced mine yet, and it seems to be working fine. I was saying the other night on live that, like, Bear Mountain Studios were a great place to test products because we just use and abuse everything here, even the nails, the everything we're using just does not get taken care of. So you can really see the longevity here um, because we're not going to take care of it. And that's not because anything with uh, ego or anything. We're literally just going so hard and in such a rush all the time getting stuff done that um, we have excuses for days while we don't clean our nails or replace our tips on our turbo meters. I'm going to get that shirt made. The only person that will wear it is Chino. I think I said that last episode, but excuses for days. I always say that on live because when someone will be like, hey, is this ship out? And I'm like, check this out. I got an excuse for you. That's where we're at. I'm not even going to fight it anymore. I'm just going to be like, this is who I am. I'm not like trying to be shitty or anything. I'm just going to be transparent about everything. Yeah, transparency is key, especially in this day and age. I mean, we live in a day and age where everyone's got cameras on them and shit. I'm like, I'm just going to do it for them. They don't even need to sneak up on film me. I'll film myself getting high and I'll say stuff I probably shouldn't. That way they don't even have to invest in me. And pay for all that. I don't think this is going to be hot enough. I'm going to take another one of those like semi-cool dabs. It's okay. No, it actually looks really good. Fuck it. <sighs> I got so baked last night before bed. <coughs> <coughs> I said I wasn't going to dab today. <coughs> but then I woke up feeling fine, and I was like, I'm going to dab today. It was cool. Um, <coughs> you know when you get... <coughs> you ever <coughs> eat an edible, <coughs> too many edibles, and you get that like feeling where you're like, I think I'm dying, and then you kind of like, every little move you make, kind of like, Makes you like a little dizzy, like seasick almost. So it happened to me last night. I don't know what did it. I don't know if it was the lack of sleep, too much caffeine, all the hash. <coughs> but something did it. Or it was a combination of all those things. But either way, as I laid there in bed and tried not to throw up, I said to myself, I was like, this is it, dude. You, you're not taking dabs tomorrow. Why don't you just <coughs> smoke some flour and just fucking chill. But then I was like, you know what? I feel fine today, and these terps are too good. Realistically, it is the coffee, though. It's not the it's not the hash. I'm drinking much too, way too much coffee. I'm now working with a personal trainer. Again, hardcore. I need to be drinking more water. I'm very dehydrated. And I need to go to bed a little earlier if I'm going to be working out that hard. So there's a little disclaimer. It's not the hash. I was just trying to be funny. But realistically, uh, it's the combination of things. You got to take care of yourself. Just like, oh, actually, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. <clears throat> fuck it i'll say it um just like when they do those like surveys or census on people that eat meat and it being cancer causing it's like those people are probably are they also eating like french fries and cheeseburgers and all that stuff and you know 
my point is, is if I was eating perfectly and drinking all the water I needed to yesterday, then I could be like, yeah, I smoked too much hash and I didn't feel good. But really what happened was, is all the hash did was like, it always does like cannabis is a teacher. It was like, Hey dude, I'm going to just, you know, emphasize that you have a headache and you're dizzy because you didn't drink enough water. And that's what it does. It, uh, it'll bring out those things that you need to work on even physically all the way down to emotionally. At least that's what I'm going to tell myself. I got excuses for days. What did I tell you? I can make a really elaborate romanticized excuse of why I felt a certain way that makes it sound less ridiculous. But I also smoked a lot of hash last night too. So there is a combination of things, but it happened. Um, yeah, the other day, like I was saying, I've been listening to a lot of that, a lot, a lot of older music, a lot of that Frank Sinatra and stuff just cause, you know, my kiddo actually actually likes it. We listen to it in the morning on the way to school. And, um, there's this one part of the song where he talks about people getting off on stomping on someone's dream. And, um, it made me think about like, just like people that they find enjoyment when they like hate on someone or stomp on their dream, or they want to see someone fail or they cancel someone cancel culture. They want to, they want to see people lose everything. They want to see people crash and burn. I mean, they want, they probably like seeing baby animals get eaten by lions too, like whatever it is. But those type of people, like, it's not a personal thing when they hate on you or do those things. That's just how they get off. They get off on stomping on someone's dream. Everybody's just trying to get off. What else are we here for? Everybody's trying to get off. And that's how they get off. So when someone's shitty to you, at least this is how I'm trying to calm myself down when people are shitty to me. It's not personal. They're just trying to get off. So let them get off. Let them hate. That's how they get off is stomping on someone's dream. Wow. Weird podcast today all over the place, guys. It was fun though. It was a lot of fun. Don't forget to check out bmsglass.com. You can find all your mood mats, shirts, and all that stuff. Pretty soon here, we'll have everything direct to garments. So you'll be able to get all your older Bearmont Studio shirts that maybe you couldn't get back in the day because you weren't even following. You didn't know about them. We're going to be re-releasing them. Uh, we have new mood mats coming. Tie-dyes are probably shipped by the time this podcast comes out. Um, you guys are awesome. Thank you, everybody who supports this. Uh, this is the What's Up, Everybody podcast, and I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day. Thanks, everybody.